HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. I'm Lisa Held, a food journalist and podcast host presenting Behind the Label with American Humane. Produced by Heritage Radio Network for Springer Mountain Farms, this podcast series dives into what the American Humane certified label really means. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This week on Meet and 3, we bring you stories about how Gen Z is different from their millennial predecessors through the lens of food. My knowledge of alcohol didn't really come from like Bud Light commercials or like Project X. Yeah, and that's my gripe with the platform as well, is that all these DIY videos, cooking videos, they're 20 seconds. What's one food item from your childhood that you wish you could have today? Dunkaroos, because they don't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Although, the Dunkaroos Twitter was activated again a year ago, so it's only a matter of time. They've tweeted a couple times, it's pretty hype. Listen to Meet in 3, HRN's food news and storytelling roundup, wherever you get your podcasts. Opening a restaurant is understanding that to keep making it better, you'll need to make little changes every single night. This quote comes to opening soon from Tom Colicchio when we asked about what opening restaurants mean. This week, Eater New York reported that 83% of New York restaurants did not pay full rent in the past month, just under 40% of those not paying anything. That's due to a combination of inability to pay, as well as negotiations agreed to prior with their landlords. In a time of uncertainty for everyone and unprecedented uncertainty for business owners, the ability to be thrifty, work on your toes, and conserve in order to survive is more important than ever. Our next guest when we last spoke was doing just that by capitalizing on a nearby space, moving already purchased and owned equipment and putting it their own sweat equity and expanding a new Colombian bakery concept. We first sat down with Kevi and Steph on March 3rd to chat about their then upcoming venture, Love Nelly, and we're happy to report they had a pandemic day view on July 22nd, deep into this COVID crisis. But first, we'll listen to our conversation on March 3rd. You're opening your second location. Yes. And it's called? Love Nelly. Love Nelly, and it's also a bake shop. Yes, so it's going to be all bakery. So it's going to be a coffee shop and bakery. Um, We opened Butter and Scotch, obviously, as a bar and a bakery. Mm -hmm. 
hence butter and scotch. Um, And so, and we just realized our baked goods were getting more and more popular and we were becoming more known for our cakes, obviously. Um, That's if you look at our Instagram, it's all cakes with things written on top. Um, So yeah, so we were getting really popular for our baked goods and realizing that we're running out of kitchen space. Ah. So the bar wasn't cutting it. Yeah, but I have to say they are on brand because they are here drinking wine. Where's my cake? Sorry, um, I know, where right? is my cake? I know. <laughs> just yeah, kidding. Right? Oh, I'm You're so, not the worst, and I'm just messing with you. Do not bring me a cake next time. I will be embarrassed. But yes, no, I'm, I'm just. I, I am going cake. to bring you. Cake. Um, so this it, is not a, like a commissary kitchen. This will actually be its own standalone. Yeah. But will you be producing yes. for butter and scotch also? Yes. So you butter will. and scotch is then going to start ordering wholesale from Love Nelly, and uh, so yeah. it'll be the production space for butter and scotch. Um, That'll be fun to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys already identified? a space yeah totally so we're actually we're getting pretty close to opening so hopefully oh, cool. by the oh, wow. next time we speak yes we will be popping bottles yeah, of stretch. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you guys because I know you just finished your fundraise on Kickstarter or yes. you finished some so was that and you fund, tell us tell our guests how or our audience how much you raised on Kickstarter yeah we raised just a little over 29,000 mm-hmm. and we were asking for 25 that's awesome yeah very excited. Tell us, I'm guessing from other conversations <laughs> that 29000 is not enough to open a bake shop or a restaurant. <laughs> You're correct. Tell yeah. us <laughs> how that factors in. Was it actually, were you going for the money? Were you going yeah. for a built-in audience? Yeah, I mean, both. I mean, we really did need the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and the built-in audience is obviously like a perk. It's a sure. great, it's a great way of getting people literally invested in your business. Mm-hmm. Um, How many backers did you get? Sorry. 311. Wow. Oh my God. Tomorrow's I'm going to have to, I know I'm going to have to post tomorrow. It, yeah. So you have 311 people that essentially have to come in once you open. <laughs> right. To right. To cash in on their investment. Correct. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. All their like coffee cards that they bought. And, right. and there are some people that are like shipping only that like live outside of New York, but we actually had somebody come into the bar over the weekend looking to pick up their gift. Okay. And I was like, yeah, that's not ready yet. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Still need some time. <laughs> How did you how did you get the word out that Kickstarter was in existence? Was it just through social? Was it through Butter and Scotch? Was it through your local network? All, all, all of the above. Of, yeah, right. all of the above. We sent um, sorry, Steph, do you want to? Oh no, I mean yeah, we did it through our Instagram. We obviously started a Love Nelly Instagram. I personally sent out emails to like family and friends. Yeah. Facebook, share. I was like, please use every platform, <laughs> tell people that we need money. Right. Yeah. Um, and most people like were really receptive and did share, which is awesome. Yeah. We so uh, butter and scotch had a uh, Kickstarter also for fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars um, back in the day five years ago when we were opening <laughs> Butter and Scotch that uh, we funded successfully and with that one we were I, my job pretty much during that month was to just promote the Kickstarter and so we did so many events just <laughs> surrounding the Kickstarter and I had all these big lofty ideas this time around that I was like we're gonna do a 24 hour like <laughs> fundraise be a pledge you know and I was like this is gonna be so much fun and then turns out having 
doing the second location, you don't have as much time. Right. To yeah. Um, but luckily, we still we still got that. Was we it have even, an audience to start with on the second time. Right. Yeah, that right. definitely exactly. helps out yeah. for yeah. sure. Was it easy? Was it how was how was it comparing? I mean, obviously, you're raising a little bit less money. But did you <clears throat> did it get funded faster? Same amount of time. But did you have to work harder for it the first time? We definitely had to work for it harder the first time. I, I you know, and again, you know, butter and scotch has. Um, you know, 41,000 followers on Instagram. So that helps for sure. I think we had a little over like a couple hundred the first time. You <laughs> yeah. know? So it was really, really relying on family and friends. This time, um, you know, it was definitely still family and friends, but a lot of people that I did not know contributing, yeah. which existing is customers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of the rewards are like get a cake, get cookies, like things that people are already really familiar already with, or really love or want. And so it's like, oh, I'm already going to buy this. Let me buy it and also help build yeah. another thing for them. <laughs> I also I was looking at the like the city distribution though, because you can kind of see where people are from, and it was interesting that not there was a lot of people. There was like I was like Boston was like number three. I was like who's in Boston? I was like that's cool that non local people right. are funding. Do you have a right. sense is that like friends and family or just people Boston? who are into no, it? No, I have yeah, no I idea I don't where know. that came Boston, from. Yeah, that's so funny. I haven't even really looked at like the breakdown of where. But people I was like, yeah, from. there's like a whole list of cities, and that's I was so like, crazy. wow, because I thought yeah. okay, there's like a lot of people in like, Brooklyn and New York are right. pumped, right. obviously, but that I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, we both have family and friends outside of New York, so definitely some rolled in from other places, but, but Boston. Boston. <laughs> I, don't know. I, might I mean, thanks, that. Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever you are out there. Yeah. How... Um, how do how do they space out the rewards? Is it is it spaced out? What if three hundred eleven people walk in on Tuesday when you open and say, yeah. "I'm ready for my free cake." I know. Don't like, scare me. Like that. <laughs> um, I think I think we'll go the organized route and be like, right. "Here's a code for your cake that you have." Yeah. You know, and then you pick whenever you want it. Like, if you want gotcha. it three months from now or, like, my birthday's in May, I'll order it then. And gotcha. if you're, like, okay. you don't have to pay for it. It's a free code. Was that an film. issue with with um, with um Butter and Scotch, with the, the reward redemption all at once? Or was <laughs> oh it my spaced God. out? Totally. I, I mean, there was – we went uh, – we learned a lot about the rewards this time around, making it uh, – them reasonable. I think we had some very creative rewards last time, but we ended up not being able to actually – is there a fulfill them. There was um, one of our friends bought bought out the space, okay. um, and she was like, "Are you sure you're going to be open by October?" Oh shit! And we were like, "Yes, <laughs> of course, we're going to be open by October." <laughs> um, we didn't open until January. Oh man! Uh, so. wasn't, wasn't her wedding, was it? <laughs> I'm like, "Are you still friends?" Dare I ask? She's very, very understanding. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we fulfilled it for another event a few years later. But that was that was pretty brutal. I feel bad about that. Yeah. So this time you made them more yeah. realistic. Yes. And you're not yes. really worried about like the monetary implications of like having to fulfill them. Right. I mean, yeah. also like now we have actual production. Yeah. We have a space. We did buyouts. We actually did sell or a few people claimed um, like a few buyout rewards that we don't know. Yeah. You know, these awesome. people that we don't know and they're just buying out the space. It's like, okay, butter and scotch is there. It's open. Yeah. We're good. We're already doing buyouts, so it's fine now. It's a built-in reward um, system. Yeah, a lot of people chose our cakes. We already do a ton of yeah. this. So yeah. it's it's just so much easier having a space that's functioning while 
Yeah, while you're <laughs> while we're doing this. So, t- so <clears throat> that's where you got $30,000 from. Tell us yeah. where the other part of the opening capital comes from. Totally. Again, a second time around is slightly easier because um, you've proven yourself. We um, had gotten... Well, we got a $100,000 loan from Amex. Cool. Um, yeah. Congrats. Totally. Uh, so that helps a lot. Yeah. Um, so we had used Amex for a loan a few years ago from through Butter and Scotch just for, like, cash flow. Um, and so – and we had proven ourselves. So when we – when I knew that we needed capital, I went that direction, which was – a lot easier than spending the time going out looking for investors. Also, I'm pretty confident in this venture, um, so you know I'm not I'm not worried about paying back the loan. Um, what yeah. are the terms of the loan? Do you want to do you mind sharing that? No, no, that's fine. Um, so it's over two years at sixteen percent. So it's you know it's pretty high, but yeah, also but you guys have all the equity. You basic, don't have to give up. Right, right. And who are the partners? It's us. Yeah, it's us. And then um, Allison still owns a small percentage, but um, but it'll be us opening, opening and operating, and um, being managing members. And then uh, Allison will still own a small percentage, but not a managing member. Yeah, but you guys get to keep the. I mean, I think that's a lot (laughs) of people are. You know, a lot of people, especially in New York, it's really hard to get bank loans. So it's amazing that you were able to do that, and it's a relatively small opening capital requirement for a restaurant. Yes. Yes. Is it a small business loan, or was it was it um, specific to the location that you're opening? Was there something unique about the loan, or is it just? No, every day. Um, no, it's through, you know, again, we did it through butter and scotch. And so it was much easier because right. we're yeah, currently flow. making money right now. So mm-hmm. we so were able to start paying business? back under yeah. the same LLC. And then we're going to move it over once gotcha. we actually start making gotcha. money through butter for, from love and Ellie. But, um, but yeah, it was, you know, it was like, okay, I need a hundred thousand dollars. And our CPAs got us on the phone with Amex and they, we had it two days later. Yeah. So it was it was very helpful in right. speeding up the process, which is important. Did yeah. you know from the outset that you needed 125 or 129, whatever the number is? <laughs> yeah. Or was the Kickstarter like an, oh, shit, yeah. we went over budget, we need more money? Yeah, no, I we pretty much knew yeah. that we were going to need that much. <clears throat> we sat and, uh, and also just... Just knowing from the last time, knowing that like it always takes a lot more money than you think, twice as much sure. um, because yeah. of unforeseen costs. Yeah, yeah. Quotes help, but I feel like add a whole bunch more to that. Sure. <laughs> Where double did it. you yeah. guys go over? Where you're like, oh shit, it's double the budget. Do you want to? I mean, it's just it's all the little things. Yeah. You know, it's all the little things. Like, you know, we're currently moving our kitchen right now, and so you think, you know, when you first start out, you're like. Oh, well, we have all the equipment. So we're cool on that front. That's yeah, not yeah, going to cost it. us any money. And then you go like, oh, <clears throat> shit, we're moving our kitchen. We need to rent a big truck. We need to rent movers. It's going to cost us five grand to move our walk-in. You yeah. know, like plumber to break down everything plumber, to rebuild right. it. And so you're taking everything out of butter and scotch. That'll well, only be a side. space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a yeah. front of house. Interesting. Yeah. 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 And so then we're going to have more space for people to drink. That's like part, <laughs> part two of Love Nelly is Smart. rebuild butter and scotch. Right. Kitchen side. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So you'll still have the same menu at Butter and Scotch, but you won't be doing any production there. It'll mm-hmm. all be carried over from Love Nelly. And you guys have, like, you know you'll have enough capacity to serve both locations at the Love Nelly yeah. location. Yes. Thank yeah. God. It'll will be, be slimmed down. Oh, no. The menu will be slimmed down a little bit just to, like, accommodate 
the equipment that we do have there and don't and to really like shrink the service station but overall all the main staples will stay yeah, yeah will you be able to wholesale out of love nelly to other businesses coffee shops or whatnot the, yeah that's, that's the goal the hope yeah, yeah. yeah for sure um, and then we're gonna we're really hoping on doubling down on you know catering mm-hmm. and uh, web. We do a lot of online orders yeah. of our cakes um, and a lot of just delivery of our cakes to just around the city to Manhattan mm-hmm. and Brooklyn. So we're hoping that we'll be able to get more of those. Yeah, and I feel like the biggest motivator was also being able to offer same day cakes. So yes. having this space will be a place that you can literally walk in and be like, great, I want a 10 inch birthday cake. It's here. We can write on it, take it out the door. Was that like a big, was that a big barrier for people? Like 100%. they were, yeah, you were like losing customers because they were like, shit, I need it today. Yeah. I mean, we I, get we've gotten calls. calls probably that <laughs> today. Like, I need a cake today. Right, right, yeah. right. We almost always order our birthday cakes the same day. No, we don't. We always no. do a day in advance because I know like, the t- yeah. yeah. You know the day that you need it for? Yeah. I'm like, I know the local bakery that we've been going to forever I know requires 24 hours. Sorry, I almost always order our birthday cakes. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> You're the person calling us. I'm the asshole. <laughs> Well, yeah. So yeah, so that's that's the hope. But yeah, we do get a lot of calls, and so even if it if it becomes twenty four hours, it's a lot better than than two days because yes, people so right do now it's often two days. Order. It's forty eight hours. But if it's the same yeah. kitchen, then why how why can you do that faster now? If it's the same it's kitchen, be those better inside. You're making yeah. it bigger. Well, no yeah. No more equipment though. Same equipment. Same equipment. More people can fit. It's just mm-hmm. we won't have any service going because mm-hmm. right gotcha. now um, we're like three we're businesses doing in production one. and service in the same area, Copy. and so production can only happen during a certain amount of time before service kicks in. Gotcha. There's just a lot happening. At, it turns out having a bar and a bakery is tough <laughs> um, <laughs> because they're uh, totally different schedules. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. bars are evening and bakeries are early morning. And so to, to try to have a reasonable amount, you know, of money coming in to support this payroll mm-hmm. is difficult. It, it's difficult because of, you have to staff it 24-7. Is that why? Basically. Or, right, right. Because in some theories, you would think that you'd be using yeah, the excess capacity. Customer. Right, yeah. like you're having a customer 24 hours a day, right? I guess, right. and mm-hmm. then you have capacity that wasn't being used in the morning. Mm-hmm. And It's hard because, that, right. And we tried that, too, like being open, being open with the bar during the day. During the day and, you know, it's it just... But like it's you tricky. think about you know we look we look like a bar, you know, and you don't go. I was going to ask about that because I haven't been the to the day. space. But how do you balance yeah. the design aesthetic from a bake shop to a, a nighttime bar? Yeah, you, you we can. didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a bar. Yeah, okay. People are confused. They're like, so do I go over there for the bakery? Like, is this a bar? Like, what right. do you have? Right, it's right. always like some people that have never walked in are just like I think you have cake <laughs> right right, right. We, do. So funny. we do but you can't buy a whole cake so and it's like what <laughs> for a percentage of sales though what like is it the booze or the or the baked goods currently at butter and scotch so we do because of catering so depends how you full look at it. full picture more baked goods mm-hmm. on the retail side it's about like 60 40 mm-hmm. booze Boost. being boost being to baked goods yeah but then we do a ton of like i said online orders and catering and so that sort of flips the scale flips it a little bit mm-hmm. interesting and you guys will keep the same menu basically you'll keep a slightly pared down menu at butter and scotch yeah. yes and will you be able to pick up 
cake still at Butter and Scotch. Yes. Yeah. Yes, of course. Cool. Yeah. This is <laughs> we won't we won't take that away from people. Yeah. Butter and Scotch is so known for its birthday yeah. cake. But yeah. and it's good know, to have like two that. locations. Like they're just yeah. far enough from each other that you can reach different. It'll be different audiences. Yeah, totally. Are you? Um, how big is the new space? Like, t- like how many seats does it have? Is it going to be more like cafe vibes, <laughs> counter service? What's the What's the vibes? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, they're going to have like a little ledge, a um, couple little tables, so like a few seats, but not anything huge and crazy. We, we want people to like come hang out, um, especially if you're like waiting for a cake or something like that. Um, but it'll be a, a more kitchen space than coffee shop space. Yeah, it, since it's it, since we're opening it for production yeah. space, but then we realized that we also do want to have that like space to mm-hmm. do a coffee shop and have people come through and have a giant, we're going to have a giant bakery case. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't quite realize it's at huge. first, and then I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> like, it's like too big. Good in the space. <laughs> you know what? I, I think it's gonna be thing. good. It's gonna be great. Um, <laughs> you, you won't miss it. <laughs> it's gonna be a statement for yeah. sure. Cadillac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but no, so it's it's not gonna be a ton of seating. It'll be just a little bit, just for people who want to sit and eat cake. And mm-hmm. we're gonna have um, shaved ices out this space because uh, that's a big thing. Steph growing up um, has a lot of memories of shaved ice. Yeah. So we're doing that. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Well, Uh we're excited to chat after it's open hopefully yeah, and yeah. Uh, catch up Lots okay good stuff beginning happening. of april everyone cross your fingers beginning of april that's that's yeah. the goal right now mm-hmm. okay what's cool. the what needs to happen to make the beginning of april the reality <laughs> right moving. yeah yeah we're moving the kitchen next week yeah. permits monday uh licenses all that yeah. stuff is all ready the, to go um, the, all the health inspection. We're, we're That's, health inspection needs to happen. That's yeah. not that we would not pass right now. Gotta get the kitchen right. in place. Gotta so get the kitchen in place first. Yeah. Are you yeah, guys getting professional see. movers for the kitchen or are you like DIYing this? Well, Buddy Steve is professional. Yeah, yeah, sure. I love the fucking hustle, but I'm, I know, like, right? Curious. Yeah. Uh, no, my good friend is a uh, manager at Smorgasburg. Um, and so he, I was like, we need people to move our kitchen. And he was like, hold on, you know, and send me <laughs> a name. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's nice to have a family. Like I that. mean, that's basically like a pop-up kitchen every single week. Right. So exactly. Smart. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they're helping. So we'll see. We'll keep you posted. That's yeah, Monday. Yes. That's the next steps. Moving <laughs> next the walk-in, moving the kitchen, all the things. Yeah. Then inspections, yeah. feeling the flow of the space. Yeah. Right. Did you have to leave any equipment? Like, I imagine you need some, like, refrigeration <clears throat> and stuff still at the old yeah. space regardless. A few things. Yeah. We have, like, one refrigerator, and then we're um, putting in a new dishwasher, like an actual dishwashing machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that doesn't have to be vented or anything? No. No. Bakery. Yeah. It's great. Nothing <laughs> has to be vented. No. no. Really? And we have a little backyard. <laughs> ovens don't so need to be like vented? natural ventilation. Mm. Oh. No, because we're just, I mean, all they're doing, um, well, the ovens are moving out of that space, but, um, oh, for love, for the Nelly space. Yeah. yeah, you know, bacon cakes, baking cookies. Uh, HVAC. Right, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Money saver. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which actually, the space that we moved into was a uh, Chinese food place. And so it had a hood of the size of the entire space. Was, and so we had to remove that, yeah. obviously. <laughs> it was the size insane. of our future bakery case. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And are you are you guys doing all like the decor and stuff yourselves? Yeah, totally. Again, a friend <clears throat> is helping. Um, so I just ha- I have a family friend who works for uh, ABC Home and Carpet. That's um, a nice friend to have. Good mm-hmm. friends. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm like, can we get a discount on that? I mean, um, have I you seen it. ABC Marvel's uh, like page recently? No. no. Oh my god. Something I'm going to love. But yeah, we drew a lot of the inspiration. Like we sent her. We were like, look at Cartagena in Colombia, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's like the vibe. And mm-hmm. she just like ran with it. She's like, oh my god, I love it. And yeah. Oh yeah, we just got our hot pink espresso yeah. machine that got delivered to the today. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Who makes, is that a Marzocco? Who makes that? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then there's a company that oh, will paint, we'll paint it and customize that. Love it. Oh, yeah. really? Who yeah. knew? Yeah, you I mean, can get an espresso machine any color you want. And the grinder, everything. Like well, the Marzocco is like 10 grand. I'm sure they, they can throw a little pink paint on it. <laughs> like, it's no? <laughs> It's like, sure, no problem. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Exactly. It's always cool. forever. Cool. Cool. We That's can't exciting. wait to uh, hear about the opening and we can't wait to eat some cake yeah you guys. next time yep no <laughs> sorry guys at your at your restaurant at your restaurant yeah. with support. Uh-huh. all right yes. good luck guys we'll talk soon awesome. thank, you. Thank, thank you guys i'm lisa held a food journalist and podcast host, presenting Behind the Label with American Humane. Produced by Heritage Radio Network for Springer Mountain Farms, this podcast series dives into what the American Humane Certified Label really means. We're looking inside the farm certification process, beginning with the moment a farmer expresses interest in becoming American Humane Certified, all the way to a consumer seeing the seal on store shelves. And American Humane is our country's first national humane organization, founded way back in 1877. Now, we certify nearly 1 billion farm animals each and every year. Despite that growth, uh, roughly 90% of U.S. farm animals are still raised without the benefit of independently verified science-based standards. Subscribe to Behind the Label with American Humane wherever you listen to podcasts. We're so excited to have you guys back, Kevin and Steph. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> we're happy. We're happy to be back. A few months yeah. later. A few months later, and just to report, we're now um, and actually open. And actually, open. which yeah. is an unusual stance at all in this day and age. So, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. So with that being said, can you guys catch us up on Love Nelly? I know initially, I think when we last spoke, you guys were um, thinking April would be the open date, but it was July 22nd. So give us a little rundown. For sure. Um, yeah. So we we were planning on moving the kitchen on March 17th. Um, and- <laughs> 
<laughs> have everyone laugh. laughs. Yeah. Sorry. That's like a good joke, right? Like, I was living on March 17th, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know, we kind of, I remember sitting at the bar with Steph and uh, we just were looking at each other like, do we still try to move everything? And then, you know, it was obviously like, no, we don't want to put anyone in danger moving equipment. So that didn't happen. And we went into, we, we closed down butter and scotch um, and we both went into lockdown mode um, after that. And then, yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Um, yeah, and then and then about um, beginning of March, uh, we decided to try to get um, butter and scotch back up and running, get the to go window going. So uh, we put all of our energy into hiring um, old employees to run that and getting um, our kitchen up and running over at the Love Nelly space. So, so that all happened the beginning of May and then, yeah, June 22nd, we opened at Love Nelly. July. July. Yeah. July. Like, what is <laughs> time? Yeah. What, it's true. It's like, what's today? What is time? What is actually happening in the world? Because right now in the world, there's a hurricane happening in New York City. So, you know, thrown for a loop. Um, so, so you opened butter and scotch on the 25th. So did, uh, or sorry, you said in early May. And then did you move the equipment? Like, what did you end up doing? You know, because I thought, because last time we spoke, you guys were planning to do some sort of like commissary out of Love Nelly back to butter and scotch, if I am remembering everything correctly. Totally. Steph, you want to go first? Yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, after we hunkered down and we got things up and running with butter and scotch, it's the game of, okay, what do we have to do to get everything over to Love Nelly? What needs to happen? And we had contacted some friends that were willing to help us move. Um, so that was like a proper hire situation. Like they got a rider truck, all this stuff. So basically we decided we needed to just like, you know, rip off the bandaid, pick a date and do it. And then kind of figure everything else out from there. Um, so I believe it was May 31st that we were like, okay, we're moving the kitchen. So we packed up everything like two days leading up to it, like broke down metros, like, you know, pulled stuff that needed to be out and moved everything. And two days later, you know, set up everything within the Love Nelly space to start and continue production for butter and scotch things that needed to happen. You know, we didn't halt orders. So that was like the big um, hurdle, I guess, to like really work around. But uh, we made it happen and then kept pushing to figure out how to fully open the doors as Love Nelly. So at first it was just the production kitchen for butter and scotch. Wow. So that, so basically you took all of June and half of July essentially to figure out how to get Love Nelly open. What were, what were some of the other things that had to happen for Love Nelly's doors to get open? Yeah. I mean, we had to, um, we didn't have any of our permitting uh, that was required. I yeah. didn't probably say that too loud on the air. Um, <laughs> um, permitting to actually open our doors to uh, customers um, and everything, you know, the, the health department was shut down. Yeah. Um, so navigating that was a little funky. Um, how did you... How did, what did you do? How did you do yeah, it? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we just sort of reached out to them and, re and asked them, you know, what do we need to do in order to 
um, open our space to get an inspection. And they told us that they are not doing inspections right now. Um, but um, they basically allow for self inspections, which is a little crazy. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. I hope you are 100% honest with yourself. <laughs> right, right. Um, a plus. Um, so, uh, you know, which, so that involved, you know, us trying to find a fax machine because certain forms have to be <laughs> them and we don't have a fax machine. Yeah. Who has a fa- it's 2020. Who has yeah. a fax machine still? <laughs> we I collectively mean. spent probably eight hours on the phone with the IRS. the IRS trying to get our sales tax form to <laughs> the health department, which is like forever, never forget it. Oh my God. Oh my <laughs> we, God. Would, we would take turns because inevitably the IRS would not put something on the form that needed to be on the form or you know they would just hang up on us after yeah so we would just take turns waiting on hold every day with the irs sort of in the parking lot of staples (laughs) it was it was really ridiculous but so once that happened um then you just have to wait 22 days and then you're able to open. So it is It is a bizarre world right now. Yeah. Um, our lawyers keep saying there are no rules. It's the Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's true. Like the restaurant industry is so heavily regulated. I mean, that's sort of, you know, what has been really exposed is that we're, you know, we're imposed a ton of regulations upon regulatory, upon the, the industry, the restaurant industry from the DOB to the fire department to this. And then, you know, here comes this pandemic and it are these things really necessary are there other and better ways to do them like can mm-hmm. you self-certify so that i mean it is it's interesting um that this is all happening and yeah what does self-certifying actually look like, like yeah we're i mean we're still in the process so we waited our a lot of time or 22 days um and they basically send you a checklist um, okay. And that checklist now involves a lot of COVID-related things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have to have a thermometer on staff or, or on um, site. And our staff has to take their temperatures every day before they start work. We have to have um, a sheet saying that everything with door handles, the POS, has been disinfected every 30 minutes. And that has to be signed um, every 30 minutes that it was done. So they send you, they basically just send you a list and have you check off and say, yes, I've done this thing. Um, So it is a little crazy, but. Yeah. And it still has like a lot of the general things that DOH does check for. Like, do you have like potable water? Like, you know, is there a a pest control situation happening? Like all that stuff. Like, does someone have a food handler's license? Which right now also no one can get a food handler's license because that's (laughs) closed. So it's like all these things where it's like. Yeah, we have, like, luckily, we can check off all these boxes. But if we're unable, like, if our staff can't get a license, then what would happen, you know? So it's it's very interesting. But we, we checked off all the boxes. All right. We're good. Good, good to go. Yeah. We legitimately checked off all the boxes just yeah. in case the DOH is listening. No. Um, yeah. Inter- I mean, that's super interesting. So – so you waited your 22 days, you've now passed your uh, DOH inspection. And um, what's changed with Love Nelly from the original plan? You want to go hmm. first, Steph? Yeah, I mean, honestly, luckily, not much. You know, I think that the formatting of more so like what 
schedules look like, that kind of thing, like that has changed maybe um, just to accommodate that we aren't all, you know, crammed into the space at once, like kind of keeping that in mind and still adhering to trying to keep a distance and, you know, minimizing how many people are in a space, not just for customers, but our staff. Um, But we're very fortunate that our concept was already like a takeout situation, like a grab and go. Um, We weren't going to have that many, you know, seats available to begin with. So not too much has had to shift in that way. I think if anything, it's kind of forced us to move a little faster in getting other things that we want up and running. Like we want to do shipping. And that's something that now is much more of a priority than if we were just able to kind of slowly roll things out. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I keep telling Steph and everyone I talk to, you know, thank God we didn't invest $100,000 into opening a fine dining. I mean, it would be a lot more than $100,000 yeah. in a fine dining restaurant. But, you know, thank God we didn't invest all this money into a space that wasn't able to function or say another bar. Um, you know, I think we were very, very lucky that our business model just fits perfectly into the current world situation. So. Tell us how you how are you able to get um, how are you able to get the word out? To, I mean, I'm, I imagine you're a neighborhood kind of spot. You know, I think with obviously everything that's going on and a you know vicious news cycle and interest in all kinds of different things. How are you able to sort of grab people's attention and say, "Hey, we're open. Come see us." Yeah, I mean, I think everyone is very is sort of desperate for something. Um, cheery. (laughs) So, you know, our hot pink um, espresso machine and hot pink neon, this is Love Nelly. And so when we opened it, um, it was pretty obvious, you know, that it was a, a bright, fun, cheery space with a very low price point, comforting food. So it really was not hard. Um, people sort of started coming in immediately and started Instagramming. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we, we never had that with um, butter and scotch. Towards towards the end, we did, but um, it wasn't part of our opening. This sort of, the like sharing of stories on Instagram. Um, so that has honestly, I think, really helped us. Um, people keep coming in buying Raspas for $5 and then they Instagram it. That's a happy fun moment. Yeah. A happy 15 minutes, you know, in, in this crazy world. Yeah. A lot of it is just like good foot traffic too. Like you, like you said, um, it is a lot of the neighborhood that is coming. Like we have regulars already, which is amazing. We have people that are walking and they're like, Oh, I normally don't walk this way. And I live around the corner and this was just what I saw. And we're sandwiched in between a laundromat and like a storefront that's closed. So we definitely stand out. Like Kevy said, it's a very bright space. The uh, open or like the storefront is just glass. So you see into it. So it's an immediate, like, what's that? And that, that has helped a lot of just like, check us out. We're right here. <laughs> We're very bright and happy. That's great. Were you able to, um, were there any structural changes with your lease that you're able to negotiate going into an opening during a pandemic when a lot of other places are getting discounts on rent and such as that? Or Yeah. I mean, our landlords have been amazing through mm-hmm. this whole process. We got very, very lucky and it really goes to show how 
important getting a good landlord is. It's a very small building and um, four guys own it. It's their first building that they've ever owned. So they're very flexible and they just want us to, um, you know, succeed in this venture, which is crazy. You know, you <laughs> never get a landlord that actually cares about you as a person. So um, we're very lucky. So yeah, they immediately I reached out to them and they gave us, um, you know, a month free and then basically said up until August, and this was in March. So up until August, we wouldn't have to start paying rent. Um, and then that rent would just get um, dispersed throughout the next two years. So they just added those three or four months on to the next two years of rent sort of evenly, which which really helps with cash flow and just shows that they were trying to help. So it's great. That, that was great. Well. Mm -hmm. The, um, I know you started as the goal of sweets and snacks. Have you, are you uh, doing more of a full day as a, you know, as there's less places and less options in the neighborhood to, to sort of give people more offerings or are you going to stick with what you're doing? Um, <laughs> well, right now we're open 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. And we are cranking out empanadas like yeah, our life depends on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which kind of does right now. It really does. It really, really does. Um, but I think of anything, you know, like we've been playing around with just like special empanadas and like Instagram, the power of social media will blast it out. And people, again, that live in the neighborhood, which thank goodness for those locals, come in. They're like, oh, my God, I saw this. I need this because they've already worked their way through the menu or things like that. Um, so I think if anything, we'll keep playing with empanada flavors and just like we're, we're right now just feeling the room. You know, we're, we're trying to see what the neighborhood wants like what are their required like requests and things like that and we want to accommodate and we want to make sure that we're keeping you know those in the community happy and well fed um so yeah kind of kind of basing it off that but right now our, our menu is available all day you know you can get a cookie at 8 a.m or you can get an empanada at 8 a.m or 7 p.m yeah and we're hoping to roll out um caviar and grubhub within the next week or two which will be great but mm -hmm. yeah like, like steph said we really are just letting um the customer dictate sort of what they want from us with butter and scotch um we had no idea that our number one best-selling item was going to be birthday cake when we opened up and now that's the majority of our sales um and so yeah like steph said it's definitely empanadas so we're <laughs> we're really sort of focusing <laughs> on making sure we have you know, hundreds of empanadas ready <laughs> to go yeah. each day, which which we were definitely not expecting and which made um, Steph and I have between 12 and 17 hour days each day, the first, first <laughs> just making empanadas. Yeah. Hey, we did it. <laughs> Before we wrap up, one quick question. I know you, you mentioned um, Grubhub and uh, Caviar. Do the, do the numbers work on, on that for you as a sales tool or is it more just like to build business recognition? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's obviously not as good um, as, you know, just retail, just people coming into the store ordering directly through us. Then every dollar goes to us. However, it does expand the base. Um, and so just getting, you know, getting the sales 
out there. It, mm-hmm. it is good. It ends up helping for sure. You know, it's it's basically a little bit higher than like a wholesale price. Um, is it's something. Mm-hmm. Every dollar counts these days. Um, Speaking speaking of which, you know, I think we talked in the past about you guys raised money on Kickstarter for both. um, I know both at Butter and Scotch and at Love Nelly, and so I know you probably have to give out rewards now and all those kind of things. So, how is that all all turning out for you in in this climate? Um, Yeah, I mean, at, at first it gave us something to do while we were on lockdown. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, um, we had promised recipes to um, each Kickstarter backer. So we, you know, we got our designer and we came up with really adorable recipe cards that we sent everyone in April. And everyone was really, really stoked because no one was doing anything except cooking <laughs> during that time. Right. So, so that, that was good. Um, and now, Right. Now, honestly, I was actually just looking at our Kickstarter rewards today. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, what do we have to do? I think like the classes will be on hold for a little bit and that's understandable. Like we can't mm-hmm. really be in contact with people and also like a lot of them were out of state. Um, but we're slowly trying to get through, you know, like what we can manage, like the, the quick rewards, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I think the – oh, sorry. Um, no, go ahead. I think the hardest reward for sure to uh, fulfill is going to be, you know, there were the the big ticket rewards were buyouts at Butter and Scotch, um, which is obviously just not going to happen anytime soon. So that's that's a pretty huge bummer. Um, but but everything else, luckily, is going to be pretty easy to fulfill. And last last question, I'm curious if you ended up having given like what happened in the plans changing and COVID, did you end up having to raise additional capital or were you able just, I think we talked about like credit and, um, and the Kickstarter and, the, and those kind of things. So was, was that enough to get you guys open? Yeah. Um, we actually, uh, ended up getting PPP money, um, along with the EIDL loan, mm-hmm. um, which really was everything. You know, I, I honestly have no idea what I would have done um, if that was not the case. Um, so I feel very lucky that we were able to hustle and get that. And we were able to pretty much, I mean, we didn't really have to dig too much into um, the idea alone for the rest of the build out for Love Nelly, um, which is good. But we did we did use a little bit more. Um, but uh that that definitely has helped us helped yeah. us with cash flow. I mean, a to go window um, at Butter and Scotch is just not even close to you know we can't we can't cover our costs <laughs> just with yeah. a to go window. So Butter and Scotch has basically just been living off of that for the past since since we opened. Um, so that's that's been very helpful. And now now that we have Love Nelly open. Um, we should be able to function pretty soon <laughs> yeah. on our own, but you know that it's nice to have that cushion um, as a backup for sure. Keep selling those empanadas. Yeah, yes. I'll keep making them. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats, you guys, um, on on opening during 
this storm and craziness um, and, and for making a good go of it. So huge, huge congrats. It's no easy feat. And thank you for sharing with us. Oh, thank so, you so much. Yeah, thank you for having Thanks, us. Guys. Um, before we sign off, let's do some opening soon announcements. Um, is there anybody besides Love Nelly in Brooklyn? Go visit them. Is there anybody else you want to shout out for having opened or reopened? Who us? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who? I know that um, it's a good batch. They just did their new thing, the cream. Oh, yeah. The it's good only batch. one that came to mind immediately. Yeah, she just opened up. Um, so she had a cookie shop. Um, this is a friend of ours, Anna Gordon. Um, she had a cookie shop over in Clinton Hill, and she opened up an ice cream shop directly across the street. And she opened up about a week after we did. Um, and now I believe she's like rolling out a whole line of ice cream cookies, sandwiches yeah. uh, that Yum. you can buy at the grocery store. So like. Girl's been hustling. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, also Everybody. around the corner from us, All Night Skate is going to open, which will be a nice thing, too. Oh, cool. that's true. Yeah, our neighbors. Got to shout them out. Got to <laughs> shout out the neighbors. Yeah. Um, Co- Kokomo in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, if you're looking for something sunny, bright, a little transport to the Caribbean recently opened. Um, so check them out. And then just some other reminders. The Restaurants Act is being evaluated by Congress. So go and help get the word out, support the Independent Restaurant Coalition, go to their website. They make it super easy to um, to message your representatives. And don't forget to register to vote and look at your mail-in voting ballot dates. Um, also, Nyman Ranch is presenting a virtual event series. They're doing a virtual event series that will honor their community. Thing. They're doing a virtual event series that will honor their community of independent family farmers um, as their annual hog farmer appreciation dinner can't obviously happen this year. And part of the kickoff event is happening on August 5th, where HRN's executive director, Katie, is going to be hosting a panel. So tune in to that. That's August Of course. Uh, yeah, we're at 53 Rockaway Let us know where we can find Brooklyn, you all you in real life, on social, and all, all the um, things. From a distance, we're uh, at lovenellybk on Instagram and lovenellybk.com. Be on the lookout for shipping. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being with us. And uh, you can always follow us on at TillitMYC and at We Are Opening Soon. We'll catch you next time. Opening Soon is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org, and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You could also find us at facebook.com slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.